Praise the Lord, church, and welcome to Good Friday. What an awesome weekend this is. We've had a tremendous week already, and tonight has been really special. Just a few minutes ago, we were down at the Palm Bay Hospital praying for our healthcare professionals, doctors, and uh, nurses, and all of the wonderful staff down at the Palm Bay Hospital. And now I'm hoping that you'll just get ready in your spirit and in your heart for a tremendous word of God. Uh, Brother Josh Carson, our international youth president, preaching a tremendous message tonight that he titled The Backside of Glory. You're going to be blessed by this. Then, of course, don't forget this weekend, Easter morning, Resurrection morning, Sunday morning, one service, 10 o'clock in the parking lot. We're going to have a great time. Last week, God showed up in such a powerful way. And this week's not going to be any different. You're going to be blessed. And I believe God's going to do something very special for all of us as we come to church this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in our vehicles in the parking lot. Now, may God bless you as you enjoy tonight's ministry. Brother Josh Carson. Praise the Lord to the amazing saints of East Wind. I am thankful for the opportunity to gather with you during this wonderful revival. I'm thankful to Pastor and Sister Myers and this great staff for facilitating this revival. Truly, this is a unique season that we're living in and we are dealing with schedules that have changed, jobs that have changed. And unfortunately, many of us are wringing our hands in almost uh, an overwhelmed state of mind as to how we proceed. But I would remind us that while our jobs, yeah, the situation might have changed. Maybe the schedule has changed. God has not changed. He is not overwhelmed and he is not uh, incompetent on how to move forward or give us the direction to move forward. So don't be discouraged and don't be overwhelmed, but rather lift up your eyes under the hills from which cometh our help. Our help, it truly comes from the Lord and from His Word during this season. Rather than finding your time being saturated with uh, things that the media outlets can produce, I want to just encourage you like no doubt so many already have. Let your time be spent at the feet of Jesus. Let your time be spent in His Word and in prayer. And let that be the guiding and the direction for you during this, during this season. I want us to pray together before we go into the Word of God. As of late, I have been challenged to pray before we get into the reading of the text during our ministry. I recognize it is often our Pentecostal culture or custom to read Scripture and then pray. But I find many times that the pastor or the guest minister is extremely passionate about the text because they have been living in it and they have been reading and preparing for the message. But the average attendee is hearing it for the first time, at least in that setting, and trying to get themselves into the text. So would you pray with me right now before we read a very famous and very um, important portion of Scripture that our minds might be quickened and enlightened to our time together here tonight. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to share the Word of God. I thank you for the opportunity to preach. I thank you for the opportunity of these saints to gather, even though it might be online from their homes, to gather and hear the Word of the Lord. I pray that there would be response where they are, whether they're front room or bedroom, or maybe, oh God, they're watching this on a phone on the go. I I pray that you would allow there to be response in their life, not just in the momentary, but a response in the days, in the weeks, in the months to come. 
in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, make your word alive to us. And wherever you are, please say amen. That's right. Very important and familiar portion of scripture in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter and the fifth verse. Many of you can quote it uh, off the top of your head before we even look there together. But I want to draw our attention to it as we focus here on this Friday before Easter. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. I want to preach to you tonight for just a little while. On the reality of what this day means for us as believers. We will be gathering, uh, whether in our respective homes or in respective areas, when it comes to our Easter Sunday. No, this Easter is probably not going to be like most Easter's have been before. We will not have most likely our large gatherings at church, whether it be online or whether we be gathering somewhere else. I'm not sure how it's going to all work out, but I do know this, that the reason we celebrate Easter is not because we come together, but because we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the reality that He is very much alive and well. I would open this tonight by sharing with you a simple story. It was the citizens of Feldrick, Austria, who did not know what to do. Napoleon's massive army was preparing the attack. Soldiers had been spotted on the heights above this little town. It was situated there on the Austrian border. A council of citizens hastily summoned to decide whether or not they should try to defend themselves or display a white flag of surrender to Napoleon's army. It happened to be Easter Sunday. The people had gathered in the local church. The pastor rose and he, he said, friends, we have been counting on our own strength and apparently our own strength has failed. As this is the day of our Lord's resurrection, he said, let us just ring the bells. Let us have service as normal as we can and leave the matter in his hands. We know only weakness and not the power of God to defend us. The council accepted his plan and the church bells began to ring. What they did not know was the enemy hearing the sudden concussion of the bells concluded that the Austrian army had arrived during the night to defend the town. Before the service ended, the enemy broke their camp and they left fleeing away from the town. It was not because the army of men had gathered, but it was because the church had chose to ring the bells in spite of the situation. I will tell you that we have been positioned in a situation that we were not prepared for. We have been situated in a position that we had not anticipated. But we have a God who is infinite in His wisdom. And He is righteous and perfect in His ability. And we understand that we don't have all the answers, but He has every answer. And I do think that we are charged in this current time 
to ring the bells of His righteousness. I believe people are watching our services that have not watched for years. I believe that there are people watching this service right now. That you have been away from God for an extended period of time. But during this whole pandemic, you have been finding yourself drawn back to the pages of Scripture. You have been traveling down memory lane to the stories that you were told as a child. And I would tell you in the fear of the Holy Ghost that God is extending an hour of acceptance and grace unto you. And I would ask everyone to allow the bells of the church to ring again, whether on site and location, but more importantly in our mind and in our heart, that the church will not and cannot be stopped, whether it be by disease, whether it be by pandemic, or whether it be by any type of ailment or spiritual attack that comes against us. Regardless of what we are dealing with, regardless of what we are going through, the gates of hell themselves will still not be able to prevail against the church. And so I thank God as we look forward to this Sunday that we will celebrate His resurrection. I thank God that we look forward knowing that on Sunday we are going to take it as a day that we memorialize that on the third day He did in fact get up out of that tomb. And, and when they ran to the grave, He was not there, but the angels were there. And, and the grave clothes that, that should have been binding Him still, they spoke as testimony to the fact that He had in fact resurrected. But in all of that, we can only celebrate because of the reality of what this day would mean. What would this Friday mean for us? i tell you what it would mean for us. It would mean the death that is necessary before a resurrection. Because while we speak of and while we preach to resurrection and, and we delight in the Pentecostal church about resurrection, in fact, it is our consistent desire to share about when someone has been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That resurrection power of God. However, there is no resurrection without a death. There is no resurrection of the tomb. There is no early morning trot to the courtyard where they begin to proclaim the goodness of God and the resurrection of Christ without the three days prior when there was a gruesome death where He was in fact bruised. He was in fact wounded. He was in fact beaten and hung on a cross for us. I would pause here before I speak to Christ's reality and I would tell each and every one of us in our life that are already making plans for after this pandemic is over. For those of us that are already making those plans of how we plan to be different in the church. We plan not to take our time for granted and our friends for granted and our, and our relationships with others. Those that are saying and tweeting and posting, I, I can't wait to get back with my brothers and sisters. I want to tell you that before a situation Situation like that really happens, we deal with tragedy or we deal with death in this area. And, and I'm overwhelmed by the disease that has hit our world. And I'm, I find myself overwhelmed. I have friends and family and, and we have youth presidents that are under the attack of this coronavirus. But I recognize also that it has brought an awareness to our world. And while I would never desire to be insensitive, I will tell you this. I believe God is able to get the glory from this pandemic. I believe that God is able to turn this and use it for His kingdom. And so I would speak to you personally and tell 
you that if you're looking for a resurrection in your own life, if you're looking for a day where you will find resurrection and rise up from where you've been, you also have to have a death. And I'm not talking now about your physical death, but I am talking about a death to the things of your own life and your own desires. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And I would speak to you and challenge you even this day, letting you know that that you must repent of your sins. If there's anything, you, you need to cry out like Scripture would tell us, God, if there's anything in my mind, if there's anything in my heart. David even cried out, I want you to purge me with hyssop. I, I want you to rub the, the, the raw places in my life that would try to hold on to sin and keep things in my life or in my heart or in my mind. And I want you to eradicate those things from my life. I, I want to turn from those. I, I want a resurrection, but to have that, I need a death in my own life to the things of sin. Not my will and not my desire. Even right there in your homes as I I feel prompted by the Holy Ghost while I am recording this video. I would challenge you in your living room or in your home to just begin to say, God, would you cleanse my mind and would you cleanse my heart? Not only do we want your protection for our family, for our physical health, but we need our spiritual health to be guarded and undergirded and uplifted. And it cannot be done by the coronavirus team and it cannot be done by the president and it cannot be accomplished by a task force. The only way that this can happen is for me to employ the pages of scripture and allow God to be taken at his word that if we confess our faults to him, if we confess our sin to him, that he would be faithful and just to forgive us. Right where you're at, I'm telling you, if you will repent in this moment, God will in fact hear you. And I pray that you would feel the closeness of His presence. When I was a a child, I was taught, and I still believe it because I feel Him now, that He is as close as the mention of His name. Regardless of whether you have been a faithful member for the last several years or whether you've been away from God for some time, in your own setting right now, if you would call On the name of Jesus. He is able to be found. I've been doing a lot of walking down memory lane over the last week. We have four children. And during this time while schools have been out. We were already on spring break with our kids. And then now they are doing their schooling from home. That schooling does not take the full day for them to do. And so there's a lot of playtime for the kids and we're trying to be creative with that. We don't want that time and I would encourage you not allowing that time to be filled with screens and with media and with Hollywood influence but rather allow the imagination of their mind and the creativity of their childhood to be utilized. And I found myself during this season walking down memory lane to my childhood. For the other day we were outside and And my son wanted to play tag. Now, I'm not sure if you can tell from the video, but I'm not really in tag shape. I'm not really in run around tag. My freeze tag, the freeze is a lot longer than the run. But he wanted to play the other day. And and so we were playing and and running. and, And all of a sudden something flooded back to me from my childhood. I was running through an area and he was getting close and and I found myself wanting to say, this is base. When we were kids, when we played tag, it's still the same. It seems to be universal that somewhere there's a base. And when you're touching base, 
You can't get tagged. You can't become it. You're trying to not become it. Trying not to get frozen. And, and there would always be that one kid. And oh, i got to be honest, I probably did it. And you probably did it too. So, But I found myself sometimes, and, and, and I remember one person in particular, that always they were about to get tagged and they say, no, nope, this is base. And they knew that that wasn't base. Everybody had already agreed that the porch was base. But because they were about to get tagged and they were close to the van, they put their hand on the van and said, the van is base. Or they were close to the garage and they laid their hand on the garage door and said, no, the garage door is base. Well, I felt like that the other day when my son was chasing me. I was overwhelmed. I was out of breath. I wanted right where I was to be base. and, And I stopped and I paused. I want to bring that to you right now and say, while that doesn't work in childhood games and they don't let you get away with it, there is a base that we get to run to. There is a safe place and it's not based on whether or not you're at the porch. And in this scenario, I want to tell you it's not based on whether or not you're at the church, whether it's the physical church or not. Regardless of where you gather, what town across the world you gather in and and what building you actually come into for a congregation, you have a base that travels with you. And I'm going to read it for you again as we read it in the beginning. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. For our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Allow me a moment if you will. Because I recognize this video is going to play in the homes of individuals who have lost jobs. It's going to play in the homes of individuals who have medical conditions that were preceding this coronavirus. It's going to play into the homes of people who have been faced with depression and anxiety. It's going to play into the homes of parents and individuals that have been overwhelmed by what your kids have been into. And so I come to tell every person that's a part of this life the same thing. You have a safe place that you can run to. And while the enemy of your mind and the enemy of your soul and the enemy of your family wants you to focus in on the hardship of this season, I want to remind you that Jesus Christ took the wounding so that you don't have to. And He took the bruising so that you don't have to focus on it. He took it upon Him so that you don't have to take that burden upon yourself. I speak to you today telling you Sunday is coming and while I hate the reality that he had to endure Friday, he did in fact endure Friday. He did in fact lay there allowing that cat of nine tails to be whipped across his back and and rip around his body and the gruesome nature. It bothers my mind to think of our precious Savior enduring such a reality. But because of that reality, we can look at this virus and say he He was wounded for me and and with His stripes we are healed. And and I would speak to the individual that is dealing with that family trauma right now. And you are dealing with an overwhelming state of mind. I speak the peace of God to come into your home. I speak the peace of mind to come into into your home and into your family and into your marriage. The marriage that this frustration of the season has brought. It's brought something almost overwhelming on your home. I'm telling you the devil is a liar and he's the father of lies. And if you, I know it's going to feel odd, but you've had to get used to it during this online service. If you would stand to your feet and if you would lift your voice right there in your living room, the Holy Ghost could minister right there 
in that room. I, I challenge you, maybe during this online revival, you haven't ran any laps or danced. I, I, I try to keep a place in my home where I leap and where I dance before God. Because His goodness is not based on the safe base, on the church. It's, it's based on the reality of what He has already done for me. And so my worship is not predicated upon my placement or my geography or even my circumstance. Before COVID-19, He was worthy. After COVID-19, He will be worthy. Before you were dealing with this situation at work, He was worthy. And after this situation, He will be worthy. The reality is there's a resurrection coming from all this. This is the front side of the glory of God. And He is going to allow full glory to be accomplished in your life. I want to allow you to understand what I'm talking about here with this glory. Because the glory is what was coming, although it could not be understood. We pray that we might see. We sing that we might see. It is oft in our apostolic and Pentecostal services where we reach and we praise and we pray about the glory of God. However, if we're not careful, we only recognize the glory of God from the backside of glory. When Moses cried out to see the face of God, the glory of God, the Lord had to speak to him and say, you cannot handle it. So he hid him in the cleft of the rock and hid there in the cleft of the rock. Moses was able to see his hinder part for the front side of glory would have been unrecognizable and too much for Moses to bear. Travel a little on in the Old Testament. I'll make more sense of this. The, the Hebrew children that are standing there. These three Hebrew boys that are there before the king. And, and there has already been a judgment proclaimed that if you do not bow, you will be cast into the fire. You, you understand this story. How could that possibly be the glory of God? Well, here's how. After they refused to bow and they were thrown into the fire, we see the fourth man as unto the Son of God. That's what the king said. And so while we did not recognize in the front part, we can recognize when they're walking and they walk free from out of the furnace that it was for the glory of God. Imagine in the New Testament, the life of Nazareth. When Lazarus was, he was dead in the grave and his sisters have called, they've commissioned, they have pleaded with Jesus to come. By the time he comes, he, he has been dead for days and he's laying in a grave and Jesus has said, let's go and let's bring him. No, no. He's, he's got to be stinking at this point. I want to tell you that Jesus understood and we really get the picture of it in the end. Because the next day, sitting with him at lunch, Jesus says in fact, this was all for the glory of God. The problem is the sisters did not recognize it when Lazarus fell sick. And they did not re recognize it when Lazarus had died and was placed in the tomb. Because that was the front side of the glory. But there could be no resurrection without Lazarus' death. There could be no understanding of glory without the front side of the glory that they could not recognize. And now I get to our most important scriptures of the entire Bible when I come back to the time of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. We love to celebrate Easter because it is the resurrection of our Savior. But I would tell you my, my belief and my faith in this word that, that, that God never questioned whether or not there would be a resurrection. He said, if, if the Son of Man is lifted up, if I'm lifted up, then I'll draw all men. He was not talking about the resurrection. He was talking
talking about whether or not we would choose to lift him up. The resurrection was a definite reality. The resurrection was going to occur. It was the side of the glory we could understand. But the front side of that glory was when they scourged him. The front side of that glory was when he was tempted in all manner like as we yet without sin. The front side of that glory was when he was beaten. The front side of the glory was when they cast lots for his garments. The front side of the glory was when they placed that that, that crown of thorns upon his head. The front side of the glory was when they beat him across his body with that cat of nine tails. And then the understood backside of that glory was when the tomb was empty and the grave was no longer holding his body but he began to appear unto the men and the women in the resurrection as he prompted them that they must go to Jerusalem and tarry for the promise and so I've come to preach good news to somebody Sunday is coming you've been in the front side of the glory of God and while the enemy has been lying and telling you that this is it and that your life is almost over and that you are almost going to lose your mind and the families I'm telling you that's a lie from hell that Sunday is almost here and when we get to Easter Sunday in just a couple of days it is not about the day it is about the reality it is about the eternal word of God that has been settled in our hearts so let it be settled in our minds right now I'm not going to let everything stop here I'm not going to stop short of my purpose I'm not going to stop short of what God has intended for my life I'm going to let him have the full glory in my life the will of God as I draw to a close right now like those individuals in the front of this sermon that begin to ring the church bells. While you can't maybe gather into your church, I'd ask you to shake yourself in prayer. Ring the church bells and serve the enemy notice. No, everything is not exactly the way I wish it was right now. Ring those church bells. No, no, they haven't come home yet. Ring those church bells. No, the doctor's report is still negative and things still seem to be overwhelming. But I hear the sound of those bells. And as I hear the sound of those bells, let them echo the cry into our hearts and minds and throughout the members of our church. Those bells are the sound that He was wounded. Wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace Upon him. When the enemy says there can be no peace. Oh yes because of him. He did not bear that in vain. And with his stripes. Yes. Even in this season. In this overwhelming season. With his stripes. We are healed. God I pray that this word. Would be settled not only in their minds. But in their hearts. That their lives would be rich in strength. That your word would take effect. That we would build altars in our homes and that we would ring the bells as a clarion call. That your word is not void. That your word is not relegated to being spoken in the church. But rather, right now during this season, our local homes have become our churches. While we're gathered in online services, my home has become my church while I am Commissioned by God during this hour to protect my family before I protect our health, 
I've got to remember to protect our spirituality. Help us to focus on the reality of your word. God bless you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As I begin to listen to that powerful word from Brother Carson, I had a very strong burden of prayer come upon me. And as I was sharing with Brother Myers and Brother Richie, this is not an easy prayer to pray. But Jesus himself in the garden asked that this cup would pass from him. But nevertheless, Lord, thy will be done. So I think that that needs to be the theme of our prayer for this next few moments. Father, not my will, but thine be done. Lord, I pray right now that in the home of every believer on this Friday, God, the Friday before Easter, God, the Resurrection Sunday, the Friday, God, that you went to Calvary's cross, the Friday that you took, God, those lashes on your back, the Friday, God, of which you went through everything that you went through, not for selfish reasons, Lord, but for the price of freedom for all humanity, God. Lord, as we as American people celebrate the freedom that we have in America, we should have just as deep-rooted conviction in the freedom that you gave us on this exact Friday, God. So, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, I pray for every person that's in their homes, God, for every person, God, that's hearing this source of media. Lord, that no, this isn't the easy prayer, but just as Brother Carson said, to enjoy the resurrection, there first has to be a death. Lord, I pray, God, that in each and every single one of us, that there would be a sincere form of repentance, God, that would come upon us today. Lord, that you would begin to wash us and cleanse us, Lord. Lord, that we would take our need, God. That we would lift our hands, God, in our homes, God. If we're driving down our cars, that we would just begin to call out upon you. Lord, I pray for the death to my flesh in this day, God. Lord, for I cannot enjoy the resurrection if there's not first a dying God. So, Lord, just as you told, Lord, the mother of John, Lord, we have to pick up our cross and follow you, Jesus. So in this moment, God, as Paul so adequately wrote, Lord, I must die daily. So, Lord, I bow my knee, God. I lift my hands, God. And I pray, God, that there would be a death in my life of the flesh. Lord, I pray, God, in every home of every person, God. Lord, that an old-fashioned conviction would fall in their houses, God. That it would fall in their cars, God. Lord, that there would be a repenting and a turning away, God, from wickedness, God. Lord, from things, Lord, that are having us bound. But here's the good news, Jesus. You said that that death, Lord, it brought... It brought, Lord, healing. It brought, Lord, freedom. It brought, Lord, deliverance. It brought, Lord, all of those things. So as we want to experience the healing, as we want to experience the freedom, as we want to experience the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there first must be, Lord, a, a sense of physical, fleshly death, Lord, so that the Spirit can live. Lord, I pray, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, for every person that's listening to this right now, oh God. Oh God, help us, Lord. Help 
us to be more like you on this Friday than we've ever been, Lord. Lord, it's the front side of glory. It's the front side of glory, God. Help us to humble ourselves. Help us to pray, God. I pray for a spirit of prayer to enter into every home. I pray for a spirit of prayer to enter into every family. I pray for a spirit of prayer to come on every teenager, to come on, God, every mother and every father. I pray for a spirit of prayer to fall on the children, God. I pray for a spirit of prayer to fall on the backslider, the prodigals that may be watching this, Lord. Lord, that we would humble ourselves, God, and that we would begin to call upon the name of Jesus in the precious and holy name of Jesus, I pray. Oh God, just as we would gather around the front in the sanctuary as if we were having a service uh, for the next few moments, I think it would be so appropriate that we would find a place of prayer and that we would find a, a way to make an altar in our homes. Thank you, Brother Carson, for that word. But as I said before, the preached word now has to be an applied word. We're thankful for the preached word, but the word has to be applied for it to take root in our lives. So yes, we need to be hearers, but there has to be a shift that takes place now where we now become doers of that word. So let's find an altar. Let's find a place where we can either kneel or if you want to go stand or and lift your hands or if you want whatever you want to do to make an altar in your life. Right now is the time for us to find a place of prayer. And just as we would apply the word in the sanctuary, we're now going to apply that word in our homes. Lord, I pray for the heart, the soul, the mind of every person that's watching this, God. Lord, that they would have a spirit of prayer come over them so that this word that has been preached, God, will now be applied. Help us to apply the word to our hearts. Help us to apply the word to our minds. Help us to apply the word, God, in our lives. Lord, so that we can be changed by the word. Lord, so that the word can grow and that it could produce fruit for the furtherance of your kingdom, God. Lord, I pray these things in the precious and holy name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, let's continue in that atmosphere of prayer. Don't let this video be what prompts you to pray. Let the Spirit of God fall and let that prompt you to pray. And pray as long as that Spirit is dwelling in your home. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study, we can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church. And our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.